Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Luther, and we're back for another episode of Coaching for Profit. Sitting here with me is, of course, the man himself, Brandon Moore, the president and CEO of BKM Certified Public Accountants. All right, we're going to dive into this month's episode, which is selling a business. Brandon, go ahead and fill me in and our listeners. What is selling a business? Well, a lot of business owners, um, Luther, have, you know, they started out with nothing and they created this entity, this business that is fully functioning. It's earning them a profit. It's earning their employees uh, good wages. Uh, And it's really, it becomes a baby. I I wanted to kind of label this podcast as selling the baby because that's really what it becomes, you know, for a lot of business owners is it's selling something that they really, really love. And it's hard to even think about selling that baby. I mean, I couldn't sell any of my kids for nothing. You, there's no amount of money that you could offer me. And so, unfortunately, a lot of business owners have that same mentality. I had to struggle not laughing when you <laughs> said selling a baby. That's, I, don't, I don't know about that one. That's not what we're doing here, folks. We're not <laughs> selling babies. We're talking about a business that you own and, and needing to part ways with that business. So selling the baby, or also known as the business, um, I guess the first step would be how to properly quantify how much this baby is worth. Or That's baby. right. <laughs> I guess we the baby analogy can only go so far, you know. Um, so how is a business valued is what you you meant to say. <laughs> Um, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, businesses, depending on the type, have their valuation from various quantifiable methods. And if you go to a, a qualified business valuation expert, there's several CPAs that have certification in business valuation. Uh, there's a lot of uh, appraisers that also get accreditation in business valuation. What they're looking for is how's the business done over the last three to five years? And then will it go forward and produce the same value that it has currently? So they're going to look at your gross revenue versus your free cash flow. So if the if the business is earning, let's say, $700,000 a year or $2 million a year, how much of that goes to the owner of the business? Is it 25%? Is it 30%? Is it 50%? That's one of the, you know, what amount of the free cash flow from that business. That's gross revenues minus all the expenses. Then before any of the perks that business owners get uh, through their through their business, what amount goes directly to that owner? And then that what some business valuators will do will take that cash flow and put it into what's called the discounted cash flow method to come up with a valuation. In order to do that, they need to have some and I don't want to get into the weeds and how it's calculated, but they'll use a cap rate, an expected growth rate, sometimes based on the trends from the previous years. And those growth trends matter. And we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But uh, the, the growth trends that if you're growing, you know, on an annual basis by 3, 3%, that's good. A lot of people don't think that would be very good, but that is very good. A better growth rate, of course, is anything above 10%. And, you know, that makes the value of the company go a lot higher rather than just a 3% growth rate. Also, how dependent is the business on key employees or the owner, him or herself? 
uh, as a CPA, that's one of the biggest issues that, you know, if, I, if I'm going to buy another client list or buy another book of business from another CPA or, or another uh, accounting firm, you know, how dependent is that accounting firm on that, the previous CPA or their staff? Uh, you don't necessarily want it to be to where every question has to go to the owner. You don't want it to necessarily be that if that person leaves, and I shouldn't have just I shouldn't have brought in the CPA business, but um, any business, if the key person leaves, will the business fall apart? How dependent is the operation? So you can see if let's say there's a, a retail shop has a lot of good products. You might think, well, that's not necessarily dependent upon the owner. That's dependent on the products they sell. Well, in some cases, the owner is the one who goes to market and chooses what products they're going to offer in that store. We have a client that um, the owner is an absolute genius in, in buying goods for her store. And if anything happened to her or if, if the business if they sold the business and she hadn't trained another person to do that, um, which some of the, sometimes that can't be trained. That's an eye for, for what's gonna sell. You know, that business may be really directly tied to that person or individual. Whereas an online or a, a business that produces goods or sells goods online, um, that are either mass produced or easy to, to come by, uh, that may not necessarily be dependent on that person. That business would have a higher value on their cash flow than a business that has completely dependent. And the reason is if once they sell, the previous owner is not going to be there anymore. And so some of that value that the previous owner brought to the table isn't there. And unless you replace it with somebody with equal or greater value, um, you're going to have to discount or reduce the value of that business. So how does someone looking on the outside, looking in, properly assess the amount of work that the owner contributes to the business? Since you would discount it for more work, wouldn't discount it if they had less work or they were less hands-on. How does someone from the outside engage that? That's a good question. And, and, and that really can, has to be, um, you know, is, is the business relational? Or like I said before, is it depending on the person having an eye for it? Um, if a person who already has a successful business in the same retail space wants to increase their revenue or increase their uh their market share by buying that other person's business, then yeah, they've already got experience. And so the, the discount for that person is less. But if, if somebody like me had to go in and buy a retail shop that, you know, depends on the me choosing what sells and what doesn't sell that that's, uh, that business isn't going to do well. That's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at buying that business. And so the buyer at that point needs to really have an understanding of the business to really know how dependent the owner is or the key employee is to that business. Okay, so the next question I have then is, when would be the right time for someone to sell? That's a good question. And, and I've had that question uh, recently 
by two or three people. And some businesses may do well for a long, long time and, and can be passed on to your heirs. And so selling may not be the right choice. I'm just going to put that out there. Selling business is not always the right choice. Sometimes real estate businesses or real estate investing, those aren't necessarily dependent on the owner and can possibly be passed to the heirs relatively simply and, and with some good estate planning. A part of the value of the business is the tangible assets, but also the real assets of the business, the real estate. And you want to get that valued by a real estate appraiser and not just the as a part of the business. Those are, are usually valued separately. But let's look at a business in, in terms of life cycle. When you start up, you're really, you know, the, the revenues and the value of the company is basically going to follow the business cycle. You have startup, you have strategic growth, then you plateau. And then there starts a decline. And decline usually happens for a business, one, when they lose vision or they get confused about their mission and purpose or they lose some key employees. Um, but it can happen with a business owner when he starts to think about retirement and slows down. They don't have the hunger anymore. They don't have the, the fight and passion to push in that business anymore. And so they pull back and they start to see, you know, they start to see that decline. What I encourage most business owners is to, to have a target retirement date. And three to five years from that is when you start to think about selling the business. You never stop driving and having passion or vision. If you have retirement as a goal, then you should also have a revenue goal as of that date of retirement. I want the revenues of this company to be at $2 million by the time I retire. And you might be at 1.8, 1.5. And so you're driving through retirement. It's like when you're playing baseball, you don't just slap at the ball, you drive through it. And with planning for retirement as a business owner, you would, you really want to drive through that retirement date with your plan with your succession planning. So three to five years before your retirement target date, you start thinking about retirement. You start thinking about who might be able to purchase this or how do I want to um, have somebody come in and be my successor or do I have any kids that, that might be interested in, in buying this business or taking over for me? So three to five years before is when you start. You should be selling at the peak because that's when you'll get the peak value. And then um, you absolutely don't want to start thinking about selling when, you, when you've lost the passion completely and you don't want to show up for work anymore. That's, that's the worst time because then you've probably lost 20 to 30 percent of its value. So what do you think is more important between trying to sell at a peak versus uh, selling when I lose the passion or maybe I'm approaching that three to five year time frame that's before my set retirement age? Uh, what kind of is more important? Is it keeping the business running until I reach that date or should I, if I see in the market that maybe I'm approaching the peak now, should I sell now? What, what do you think? Well, that's that's another thing too, is that there are a lot of people that, that they purpose to create businesses, build them up into their what they think is a, a good peak, 
and then sell those to a Fortune 500 company or something like that and cash out and then go do it again. There's a lot of uh, business investors, uh, business-minded people that do that. They're, they they can take any ordinary business, make it extraordinary, sell it for gain, and then do it again. And there's lots of people that have done that over and over and over again. What we're talking about here is the small business owner and they're getting closer and closer to the the retirement and every business owner thinks about okay when am i going to retire one of the you know a lot of people say i'm i'm going to work until i'm dead uh the truth is that happens a lot you uh, unfortunately there's a lot of people that should have retired and they you know on the way to work have a heart attack or or on you know while at their desk have a stroke or something and 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 if i'm going away and i want to be going away watching a baseball game with my family. I want to be going away on a beach in Florida, you know, with my family where I'm, you know, enjoying life, not because um, I just can't give up this job and, and this, this career, which I love what I do and I want to keep pressing and continue on, but it is not the reason I get up in the morning. So the reason I get up in the morning is for my family and this job and this career is, is the means to that end and I just happen to love what I do too. So it makes it a lot easier, right? right. Um, so yeah, I, when you're thinking about retiring, if if you felt and you look back, you can look at your financials and see if the last three years you've had a decline and you know it's because you haven't pushed. Well, then you've got you've got three to five years to really push and see that trend happen to go up before you know you you actually sell that's what i would do is i would say okay i'm not i'm not in this game i don't want to be in this game anymore so let's let's create a three-year plan where i'm going to push and i'm going to drive to hit these revenue targets and do what i did when i was younger and then before you know in the next few months i'm going to find somebody who's going to be my successor and work out a deal so that they can buy in or purchase in at a set time in the future, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't do it immediately. I wouldn't do it within six months, um, but you can. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's not unheard of for that hap- to happen. Uh, but the best business sales are happening when they're at their peaks. And is the peak probably for that specific industry, or is it kind of when a lot of transactions are taking place? Would you identify as, I guess, the peak? Well, I don't think the, the the business cycle, the life cycle of business, happens for every business. That uh, process is 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 going to happen several times during a, a business life. The life cycle of business can start to decline, and then the business owner or the leadership team gets a new vision, new purpose, and so then it starts moving up, and then it gets into the next uh, plateau. They reach that goal, and if they don't set a new goal, it'll start to decline again. And then once they get a new goal, and so it can do that several times over a lifetime. It's just what what we're talking about here is when you when you come to the point where you, as the business owner, are going to retire, and if you don't have a succession plan already put in place, it's time to start thinking about it okay. before the decline happens. Got you. Okay, so being more proactive than reactive. Right. Got you. Okay. Touching back on a question I believe I had earlier on how to value the business, the growth that's kind of assessed in the value, is that projection only made in about three to five years or is it made in perpetuity? Like 
I know when we talked about the growth aspect, well, how far do we measure that growth in trying to ascertain the value of the business? Usually most business value valuations are done uh, three to five year historical periods. Um, they want to see that uh, three years is barely enough to see a trend. Uh, so five years would be best. But uh, generally when you, you know, I don't have much experience in, in buying other people's businesses, but I've seen in, in the, the sales of my clients that most of those uh, business buyers wanted to see the last three years. I would generally recommend five to see a trend and see what the trends were. And then if you see a significant growth or a significant drop, you know, you want to ask questions as, as to what happened there. If we had significant growth because we hired two employees who are rock star salesmen, you know, what are what is their long-term plan at this company? Are they going to, as soon as the business sells, are they going to leave? And you'll, you know, see a decline because those two salespeople aren't there anymore. And so, you know, when you see the trends, you can ask the questions at the, at the you know, what changed here, what changed there. Or the next question I have is, what can you do to, I guess, increase the value now that we've kind of talked about, you know, the how do we assess the value? And we also touched on the timing to sell. Well, what, what do you think can uh, increase the value of this baby? Right. What can we do to increase the value? Make it prettier. That's that really pretty baby sell, right? <laughs> this is yes. not this is not one of those shows, uh, Luther. This is about businesses, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. So yeah, uh, well, the first thing that you could do is you for a business owner is to make it less dependent on themselves, and that's that's really, you know, if if you've re read the book, the E Myth. Uh, revisited uh, E being entrepreneur. It was written in the 70s. It was a, a book about um, the myth of entrepreneurship and that if you go out on your own, you're going to have this huge success and you won't have any, you know, you'll be your own boss, yada, yada. And, and it really wasn't, it really laid a good foundation as to the process that an entrepreneur goes through of, of realizing that this is harder than it looks. And if I can choose to work in my business or I can choose to work on my business. And if you choose to work on your business, you're going to be better off. And one of those things in, in working on your business is making it less dependent on you, the individual, or making it less dependent on one or two individuals, key employees. The, the second thing that any business owner can do is remove the debt. Because any debt in the company is going to reduce the value of the business. And so I know that when we calculate value for the business, we'll take the free cash flow, we'll take the gross revenues, and we'll come up with a value, and then we'll subtract the debt from that because any debt that has to be assumed. If the debt isn't going to be assumed, if it's personal debt or, or debt on vehicles that the owner is going to retain, you don't have to subtract that value. Uh, the the dollar amount of the debt. But um, if you're selling the business to, and you want the value to, to seem or to be better than it currently is, uh, it's uh, a debt-free business is, is valued higher than a, a debt encumbered business, especially if the new owner has to assume part of that debt. The next thing you can do is, you know, clean up your books. 
it seems that there are a lot of small businesses that have a lot of personal expenses running through their business. And, and for an accountant, you know, it's easy for us to go through and remove those at the end of the year and reclass them uh, for tax purposes. But if you're, if you're pr- producing financial statements for somebody to see for the, you know, valuing the business, you want to make sure that you, you identify what those personal expenses are or even what, uh, what amounts are going directly to the owner. So the, you, the ad backs would be the owner's salary, uh, the payroll taxes on the owner's salary, the owner's contribution to 401k, uh, the, own, the owner's part of the health insurance, the owner's part of the auto expenses that um, won't be there. And the, you know, the next owner might use the free cash flow for their personal, their auto expenses, but the owners that's selling is not, not going to have the same auto expenses. So those are the ad backs that you can, you can put back into the business to, to value it better. And then the last thing is improve your brand recognition. And that happens with uh, good marketing or good uh, logos and, and uh, placement of being a, a member of the community, visible to the community. You know, what does your brand say about you? Also, you know, how do you, how do, you do customer service? If you prioritize customer service in the three to five years before you look to sell and you become known for that, then uh, that's going to add to the value of your business because that's adding to the value of your brand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, that'll do it for part one of Selling the Business, also known as Selling the Baby. We'll be back in part two and discuss some other aspects in Selling the Business. So without further ado, Brandon, go ahead and sign us off. But yeah, coaching for profit. That's what this podcast is about because we want to, we believe that your profit is equals the, your potential minus all the barriers.